Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Evil Man. Part, 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 part two, two of LL Ron Ron Hubbard 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 Hubbard. This is exciting. Our first double episode ever, and it's not that he's the most evil guy of all time. There's just so much info on the fucking son of a bitch. Yeah, you know. Eventful life, and we're covering it in forensic detail. But uh, before we get, you know, back to the meat and potatoes of that, uh, we should, um, you know, check in with each other, see how we're how we're all doing. Um, mm. There was an election recently, and uh, unfortunately, uh, prem- or, or fortunately, you know, we take no uh, stance here on this show. Uh, Premier Doug Ford is is back at it again. Ontario. Growing up in Toronto, or even like Etobicoke, which is like a suburb. Where uh, the Fords are from? Where the Fords are from. God damn it. Show and uh, um, yeah, we grew up thinking we were American and like totally wanted Toronto to be like New York. Yeah, I think so. That's I didn't embrace the, the hoserishness of the rest of Ontario as much. You know, it's funny. I, I was listening to sports radio and they uh, had an American sports guy on and. He was like, I just learned. So, like, the rest of Canada hates Toronto. I had no idea that. Why well, I don't understand why. And they're like, I don't know. Yeah, and it's pretty funny because I think they just hate us because we want we're kind of American. We're, we're the most American place in the country. Yeah, by, by far, by miles. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but speaking of the election, you voted for a weird party, James. This you have time around. Yeah, you have something you want to tell us about the recent Ontario provincial election? Yes, James. Uh, well, I. I did vote for the Stop the Sex Ed Agenda Party, which is a real party. Um, no, just kidding. <laughs> Sorry, did I, I probably took that joke from you, Michael. No, no, no. Go ahead. <coughs> I know no. you're nervous and you're avoiding... Here's the truth. You're avoiding telling the truth. Here's yeah. the truth. Um, vote. It was the Ontario provincial election, and I vote in every yeah. election. Yeah. I yeah. believe to get out there and vote. Rock the vote, bitches. Yeah. That's rock what I believe. Boat. Don't rock the vote, baby. Yes. Uh, so... I'm. Uh, I go out voting day. I got my voting card. I can picture it. Yeah. Um. It's little really short, quick. Little There's shorts. No lines here. Any any of that bullshit. <laughs> so I go you out. Put on your voting shorts. I did. Yeah. I put on my backwards voting <laughs> Kangol hat <laughs> that I always wear when I vote. Time to vote, motherfucker. Yeah. I wear a backwards Kangol hat that says hashtag vote on the front. And you got your Beats by Dre, and you're yes. cranking closer to the heart by Rush. Yes, I probably was. <laughs> And uh, I think, okay, I got some time here. There's an AC, an AC repair guy's coming at 2 p.m. All right, I'll go out at 12.30, I'll get a sandwich, and I'll vote. Easy. What sandwich? Well, Chris, I actually sent you guys a oh, picture of it. Oh, the turkey one? Yeah, it was a Bavarian was chicken sandwich. It was oh, good. It was so good. Sorry, yeah. chicken. Yeah, it was really good looking. So I go, I eat the sandwich, I'm loving life. Oh, now time to go vote. Ring, ring. My phone rings. <laughs> Damn, AC guy's an hour fucking early. Oh, God. So I got to go home. Right. By the time that was done, I had to do another thing. I was hosting a right. Laugh Sabbath, the comedy show that night. I didn't have a chance, and I didn't vote. I feel terrible. I really, really tried to. How dare you not voting <laughs> when you told me that before? I the, I just closed my eyes, and a tear streamed down my face, because you're, you're part of the problem. I know. What percentage of Ontario ends voted? 31? It was incredibly very, low. Yeah. That's We are asking to have our asses <laughs> whipped. I know. I really but intended to, I, and circumstances beyond my control took my right away. I, that AC guy 
took away my right to freedom. And, and he, he voted for Doug Ford that morning. Yeah. <laughs> he probably did. Now, what time, just I want to construct a timeline here. What time did the AC repairman leave your place? Do you think? Uh, okay, this is fair. <clears throat> I can't remember. He probably left around, well, maybe three. I don't know. Three two, p.m. Three. Which gave you six more hours. Yeah, to but vote. I can't remember. Oh, I had to tape an audition. So let's and I and I had to go to my friend Tom Henry's house. Shout out, right? Who helped me do the audition? Okay. And I had to get dinner, and I had to prepare for hosting a oh. comedy show at night. So, so I really had, had this so, window of early afternoon. So what you're saying is on Thursday. You had no time for democracy. Well, I didn't because my <laughs> career as a Canadian comedian and a person who gets a sandwich and needs his AC repaired was <clears throat> trumped it. Well, it did look Trump. Like- what an op- what Trump. a word to say when we're talking about yeah, the crumbling of democracy. You're fired. Um, <laughs> now, the sandwich, in your defense, the sandwich looked amazing. Mm. It looked fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wish I could have eaten it. When I saw the picture, I was jealous. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if at the end of your life, when you're think when we're living, uh, in government, in government camps, yeah, <laughs> guys camps. like us are rounded up and put in camps and, you know, yeah. injected with poison. Will you look back and think like, Hmm, that sandwich was worth it. Uh, or will you think, geez, I wish I'd voted. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'm going to be on the damn, I'll, I'll just switch allegiances, <laughs> be on the, run in the damn camps and I'll have you fucking in there. <laughs> And I'll be laughing, and you'll go, oh, man, I should have you know, taken advantage of this situation like James did. Right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, now, yeah. I, I totally, and you can even delete it, Mike, because I really stole your joke. But, um, Mike, you were saying that you noticed there were some really, some kind of interesting parties running in your riding for this election. It's true, James. I was saying that before, actually. Um, thanks for reminding me. Yeah, aside from the uh, the mainstream parties, the, the liberals, the conservatives, the, the new Democrats, um, there was a new party called the Ontario Blue Party. Mm-hmm. Or the, just the Blue Party. Yep, new blue. I'm blue. They're run by... They're running for Ontario. We believe in conservative values. Well, their whole thing, it's run by a, a husband and wife team. He's got no hair. She's got too much hair. Oh, and my God. Their whole thing, if you go to their website, was like they're uh, homeschoolers, anti-vaxxers. Okay. I, I'm Very good. Yeah. And then there was an, another uh, fringe party that caught my eye. It was one called, yeah, their official party name is Say No to the New Sex Ed Agenda. It really <laughs> just rolls off the tongue. Yeah, no, it's it's actually I've got it here. Stop the new sex ed agenda. Stop the new sex ed agenda. That's even uh, even smoother. So <laughs> you can imagine, you know, maybe they blow up, and in ten years you got the yeah the, the Liberal Party yeah. and the NDP and the Stop the Sex Ed what, Agenda all what in would a the debate. What the acronym be? Stop the stop Snea. I'm voting for Snea. And their whole thing sounds like something Cobra Commander would. It's funny imagining them in a debate because it'd be like, okay, now we move on to. Housing. What is your plan to make more affordable housing? And then the liberals have their plan, whatever. And then they get to the sex ed agenda people. Yeah, we really don't have a lot to say about that. We're really just here to talk about we don't want kids to learn how to have sex. We don't we just want the inside of houses to kind of inspire classic sexual having between we, partners. We don't want the construction workers to know about their bodies or their emotions. 
<laughs> okay, yeah. and now we move on to the war in Ukraine. Uh, stop the sex ed agenda. <laughs> what are your thoughts? <laughs> well, I don't think this war would have happened if, <laughs> if uh, all of this, uh, you know. Yeah, like if we... If, if marriage if, had remained traditional, <laughs> there wouldn't be climate change or a war. Um, the, uh, the stop the sex act party, you said they were into homeschooling. No, was, was that a different group? There's the blue, oh, the party, new blue party. That, they're homeschoolers and they're uh, anti vaxxers. They don't like vaxxers. Yeah. So I like that. That party made me think of everything they teach their children is the first chapter of a book and then they go, ah, and they get bored and they start another book. <laughs> <laughs> like they don't, like their, their curriculum is like, just like, ah, I don't know. I'm not into this one. <laughs> so do they think we should do away with public schools and everyone has to teach their own fucking kids? I guess they're part of that. I mean, that's a, that's a big... So what, you can teach them the dinosaurs didn't exist and stuff? I think so. I, but don't, don't homeschoolers even have to adhere to some sort of like basic you must. curriculum? Um, I don't want to judge anybody know. who did that. I mean, totally fair enough, but no, the, it's weird. <laughs> I just don't understand why you would, unless you have kind of an a weird. Uh, and, and again, no judgment. Maybe there is a reason, or maybe you're, there's issues for your child. Or I don't want to yeah. make anyone feel bad, but maybe your child I, is too attractive home, to be around other children. Well, that's a good point. Yeah. I guess when I hear, think of homeschooling, I often think, I wonder if you have some sort of agenda. That you don't think the public schools are teaching your kids that you don't like, like God yeah. didn't make the universe in seven days or whatever. Though. It's usually a, a religious for religious reasons, right? The people mm. homeschool. Mm-hmm. Well, whatever. It's anyway. cool. I would love to be with my mom twenty four seven. Yeah, there's nothing more that you want when you're a sixteen year old boy. Uh, or a girl than being around your mom, yeah, all mother, the time. Mother, when's the next health class? I can't wait to pick up where we left off last time. <laughs> Daddy, are all eight of us insane? <laughs> well, let's do the math. <laughs> Shit, the chalkboard's not fucking working again. <laughs> uh, sorry, I lost my temper. Uh, Jesus, I'm sorry. Oh, your mother didn't get new chalk, so I guess today's lessons are canceled. Isn't that right, Irene? That's the wife. For lunch, we're having pizza again. <laughs> hey, you guys notice the teacher's wearing the same <laughs> clothes all week? <laughs> uh, yeah, hot yeah. for teacher takes on a whole new meaning when you're homeschooled. <laughs> I'm not dad anymore. Remember, class is in session. I'm Mr. Abercrombie. <laughs> Mr. Abercrombie. Um, my dad is weird. <laughs> <laughs> he just just like fumes silently, like. Um, I would love to expel my child, but I don't know where he'd go. <laughs> go to your room. We are in my room. God damn it! <laughs> Our room is the gymnasium. Remember? <laughs> <laughs> the kitchen is the science class. <laughs> <laughs> Is it true, uh, yeah, Timothy, is it true that you were making out with uh, Mary Beth in the janitor's closet? <laughs> First of all, it's your closet, Dad, and Mary Beth is my sister, but yes. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Praise Jesus. Um, Mr. Dad, the geography room's toilet is overflowing. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Dad, this uh, Mr. Abercrombie, the science laboratory smells like your shit. <laughs> Smells like what Mrs. Abercrombie <laughs> made in Home Ec last night. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I love the idea of eight Christian children being homeschooled by fucking morons. It's the funniest we should pitch a show. Don't steal this, listeners. Don't steal this uh. idea. <laughs> Just the ten of us idiots. That's what the show's called. It's a show about coming of age in high school. <laughs> and, and being in your own three-bedroom bungalow. <laughs> <laughs> it just like zooms in on your house. <laughs> Dirty hair. Bangs cut like unevenly by the mom. <laughs> Every kid looks fucking demented. Yeah, it's like the Degrassi high intro. Wake up in the morning. But it's just all in a house. Wake up early in the morning. Yeah, wake up in the morning. Game giant lonely. Gee, I gotta just go over there. (laughs) (laughs) Beep, beep. (laughs) So, um, Mike, you sent us a pretty funny... uh, video today on our dm thread thank you i'm always i'm always keeping my eyes open for funny or odd things i see online yeah, you're like a little um <laughs> like a crow looking for a sparkly object i am but that's you looking for funny <laughs> things instead of a crow uh looking for gleaming objects i'm a man who's addicted <laughs> to scrolling twitter yeah. you know what you're really good at it there's i don't know if a lot of people have friends that do this out there but yeah, Mike finds funny videos and shares them with us. It's kind of my thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I... and you're really good at it. You find the funniest ones. Can I say something? I see it as my mission, and you guys might laugh at me, but I see it as my mission to fill the world with laughter. Oh, I, can, I see that in you. You're very like that. Yeah, like... and and he finds them all on this website called funniestvideos.com <laughs> yeah anyone can go there anyone can access wow. it you don't need to be invited uh people yeah. from all backgrounds can go and look yeah, at these funny all over videos. the world yeah yeah um, you're always giggling and mm-hmm. everything you know our twitter dm thread that we reference he's always giggling <laughs> at everything yeah yeah mike's walks around the street giggling and laughing and <laughs> yeah hopping yeah. around Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know how we reference like oh we sent our you know we sent each other something in our Twitter DM thread. Mm-hmm. You know amongst our real hardcore fans, yeah, that's like, um, you know, like a sacred thing. Like they want to see inside that DM thread. Oh, and I'm in sure. our Discord, mm-hmm. uh, Duncan I don't know was like, hey, can we see your your DMs about <laughs> when you complained about the the dude across the alley from you who you kind of yelled at? And I went, sure, I don't give a beep. I don't care. Yeah. So I did screenshots of our convo and I posted it in the Discord. I hope you don't mind, Mike. Whoa. There was a shit, bunch of personal shit that you said in there too that I posted. What did, what did I say? You were talking about, you were complaining about your family or something. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. I, didn't put, I didn't put anything personal. He's just trying to get but you to I go did on do a screenshot. You got me. I did. Usually I'm the prankster. <laughs> and this I time. did that. Yeah. I did though do a screenshot of me just saying, hey yeah. guys, I confronted that guy. Right. Yes. The world building that's happening with the Evil Men universe right now is getting off the quite, charts. Yeah, so. it's getting vast. 
Anyway, sorry. This is all to say that yeah. I sent you guys probably the funniest video you've ever seen. Um, yeah. I think you have a better my grasp of it uh, to describe. Okay, yeah. The it was pretty funny. I mean, we're building it up in an absolutely bizarre <laughs> way. It was pretty funny. And we're so, going to describe a funny video. <laughs> the video was it was at a Yankees game. Outside a Yankees game. And some uh, dude okay, I'm closing my eyes. is interviewing a couple. Yes. Yeah, pretty girl. Good looking dude. They were like tw- 23 or something. And the video takes place within the context of baseball. That's right. That's why you handed it off to the me. The girl was not good looking enough for what happened. <laughs> oh, I thought she was. Okay. okay. So the guy goes, all right, you two. If you could... He's like a New Yorker, I guess. All right, you two. Oh, there's no difference in the voice I'm doing. <laughs> all right, you two. If we could guarantee a Yankees World Series... But it would mean that you guys would each have to give each other a hall pass, would you? So, uh, first off, odd question, odd scenario. But I know it's enough. hard to believe if MLB Commissioner Rob Manfred yeah. would be like, I would never rig the World <laughs> Series unless that right. couple fucks mm. other people. Yes. Um, anyway, so the question was put to them, would you guarantee a Yankees World Series if you each got a hall pass? Yes. And the guy was kind of like a bit unsure and the girl yeah. immediately immediately is like oh yeah of course yes and then the guy's sort of like <laughs> um and then the host is again like oh okay you would hey all right who would you choose who would your ball <laughs> pass be and the the boyfriend's still kind of like uh, uh, she didn't even think about it and yeah. she instantly goes oh my ex-boyfriend <laughs> And then she's so like doesn't see why that would be so hurtful to say and to your her boyfriend laughs awkwardly and so does the host man yeah yes. and the boyfriend's like oh um and then the boyfriend says I choose you and then she's like <laughs> to, the, oh. to his girlfriend to his girlfriend yeah, yeah. not the host uh, and uh, it's although being a streeter uh, prank or interviewer guy yeah. is the most sought after man <laughs> according to women. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Very sexy. But then the host is like well, why your ex-boyfriend mm-hmm. and then she, she goes oh he was a great lover <laughs> and they walk away. She's <laughs> like we're going to argue about this. Yeah like uh, I hate to say it ma'am yeah. but you probably are going to argue about this because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw this out there. I don't know you very well. <laughs> I don't think you treat your man very well. Girl I don't think you treat your man well. Well, Said it twice. We don't know what's going on in their relationship, but it would seem that uh, it's not uh, ideal, not not wonderful. And I, w- I would but say I the same her thing going the other like, way around. I see her. S- <clears throat> okay, I see like just from the minuscule moments I glimpsed, <laughs> I see her still getting the upper hand. Uh, uh, moments later, going. Oh come on! Mm. It's hypothetical. It's You're not seriously even real. Sulking about this, You're sulking Connor? like he's already in that relationship where she feels like she can talk like that. The hypothetical yeah. part is interesting though because it's like in those scenarios, a hall pass. It's like oh, oh, uh, you know, Brad Pitt or Tom Cruise or whatever. Someone you right? Someone you'd never meet, so it's like not a threat. But for yeah. she instantly was like, you know, my ex-boyfriend whose number is still in my phone. Bigger dick, I- better at sex. <laughs> Who I absolutely could still meet for a coffee or a beer. <laughs> yeah, like he lives right over there. <laughs> and um, her poor boyfriend probably now doesn't want the Yankees to ever win the World yeah. Series. Well, I don't either. So, right. You know, it would be a nightmare 
if you have this little arrangement with your girlfriend or boyfriend, like, who's your hall pass? Come on, you know. Okay, mine's Jessica Alba. Okay, mine is uh, Ryan Gosling, you know. And it's so silly. There's people don't... talking in 2006. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah Mine's you... Shannon Doherty and yours is... Uh, Jason. Yeah. And, uh, What's his name? Priestley. Yeah. Jason Priestley. <laughs> Um, the two brother and sister from Beverly Hills. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, but you know, you say that you you don't. No one means it. Right. And then, what a nightmare if then your partner actually becomes friends with one of them somehow. Honey, I met Shannon Doherty uh, at the restaurant, and it's on. <laughs> I met Shannon Doherty at Chick Fil A today, <laughs> and we're. We're going to make love because we did say we gave each other a hall pass. Good luck with trying to meet, uh, you know, Lewis Hamilton. <laughs> I'm picturing you going to Italy in Toronto, the yeah. Italian Which restaurant. Which I, I, I don't live that far from, and I do go for right. sandwiches there sometimes. And you're waiting, I'm not for afraid your, to admit it. waiting for your sandwich, and suddenly you turn yeah. and you see Jessica Alba there. You start going nuts. You start drooling, yeah. and it's on. Habita, habita, habita. <laughs> Jessica! <laughs> Yeah, you're my whole pass, Jessica. <laughs> you're not gonna believe this. You're my fucking whole pass. You're, yeah, I'm allowed to have sex with you. <laughs> and then right then you get tased by a security guard. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. I'm allowed. <laughs> oh, I peed and pooed my jeans. <laughs> Could you help me, Jessica? Do you have a wet wipe? And then she's like. At first, I wasn't into this, but when I saw that you peed and pooed your jeans, that is actually my kink. <laughs> Later on. So did you have sex with Jessica then? Your girlfriend said it was your hall pass. No. We had to settle for getting a photo taken with her where I look very electrocuted and I stunk <laughs> like shit. <laughs> <laughs> beep, beep. <laughs> So before we get to part two of L. Ron Hubbard, Hubby, we should mention that we have a Patreon. And uh, if you go to patreon.com slash evilmen, um, just go there and you'll, you'll see this beautiful, wonderful site that you can sign up for and pay a little bit of money and get two bonus episodes every goddamn month. Yes, you'll feel lighter You'll feel a, sen- a sense of purpose. Mm-hmm. You'll feel like you're part of a s- sort of a secret society. And that sounds funny, well, but it's true. You'll feel like you're part of Scientology, but a, in a good yes. way. Well, a good yes, kind. yes. Especially if you join the Patreon and Discord. That's right. If you join the Patreon, you also get access to the Evil Men Discord, which is like a big chat room that we've been chatting in with some of our listeners. And uh, it's fun. Join us. <laughs> so... Let's get to part two of L. Ron Hubbard, this epic tale. Well, my name is L. Ron, and I'd like to start a religion that is actually a cult. <laughs> so to, to recap, you know, what we learned in, in part one, um, L. Ron is like a struggling sci-fi writer writing for these sort of magazines. An unreliable sailor man. Yeah, an unreliable Navy guy. <laughs> um, he had an... He had a psychedelic experience in dental surgery and came up with this <laughs> manuscript called The One Command that nobody likes or cares about. But apparently, 
people who read it had a, had the chance of losing their minds. Yeah, right. going bananas. Because it was so incredible to comprehend. Exactly. He's, he's not uh, exactly husband of the year. Certainly not. No. Having sex. <laughs> and then he ended up in California kind of joining up with a rich occult guy who believed in magic. And Jack then, Parsons. Yeah, and then kind of screwed him over and cost him his life savings. Yeah, yeah. stole a yacht from Jack Parsons. And uh, took off with a girl named Sarah. The Jack Parsons Project. Um, so now we're, we're back into Elrond's life. and um, Now entering the Hubbard Zone. <laughs> Man, um, so, you know, Elrond knew other sci-fi authors. Like, he was their contemporary. That's cool. And uh, But they're starting to get, like... Okay, Elrond is fucked in the head, man. So this would be people like, what, Isaac Asimov, Ray exactly. Bradbury? Uh, yeah, well, I read about a correspondence between a, a sci-fi writer called L. Sprague de Camp uh, writing to Isaac Asimov. And um, mm-hmm. they also mentioned Robert Heinlein. We should take a moment here to mention that, James, you're our leading sci-fi expert. reader and expert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I like it, but you really know all the I stuff. Really, I, I loved it, especially when I was younger, and I read a lot of uh, short stories and that. I always always really enjoyed it. I think I still have your copy of... Oh, it's like the best sci-fi short stories? No, it's... Um, oh, Childhood's End? By, no, uh, the one about the stars. Uh, the Little Prince. The Star's My Destination by yeah. Alfred Bester? I think so, yeah. Oh, that's a good one. I haven't read it yet. David Deneen Porter. Uh, okay, it. I'll read it, I'll read it. But here's my thing. I do like that stuff, but did you read any L. Ron Hubbard sci-fi? No, no, I didn't. Oh, I didn't. Okay. We, got, um, we all got to do it. would be interesting to. Uh, but anyway, yeah, these other sci-fi writers are really start bashing him. They say, like, since the <laughs> war, he's lost all his morality, you know? <laughs> so, so people are talking, they're gossiping, they're shit-talking L. Ron Hubbard. On, yeah. That's very funny. Um, so Hubbard, remember... Um, he doesn't care about his fake space as much as we do. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see, right? <laughs> Remember uh, when Hubbard was in Pasadena and the whole uh, occult thing? He he was with this woman, Sarah? Yes. Yeah. So yes. Hubbard marries Sarah while still married to Polly Grubb, who's back in Maryland or oh, wherever. No. That is not good. I know. She didn't learn about it till a year later. What the? And she divorced him. So Hubbard, <clears throat> he moves to Laguna Beach, California. Hey, cool. It sounds very beautiful. And oh, then imagine uh, having like mm. a pizza pie after a day of surfing at Laguna Beach. Oh, <laughs> I'd love it. Or a glass of white wine. What? Well, that's what I'd have. Life is too short, so love the one you got because you might get run over or you might found Scientology. <laughs> now I know that's Long Beach, but Laguna Beach, I'm sure, isn't too far away. Mm. Um, Hubbard then moves <laughs> to Georgia. Georgia, Georgia. We got a song for every sentence of, of the podcast, right? This, yeah. this, <clears throat> these two episodes, we've definitely had a song for the ending of every sentence being said. <laughs> and I'm sure it's it's enjoyable for the listener. It's probably not just disjointed for the listener. At Welcome all. back to part two of Elron Hubbard. I'm still being very annoying. <laughs> Georgia. So they moved to Georgia. He's yeah. Gone away um, from California. He's selling. He's back to writing sci-fi. He's okay. selling more sci-fi stories. But again, he's hard up for money again. Um, Hubbard at this time actually asked the Veterans Administration because <clears throat> he was in the Navy, he asked them to help pay for his psychiatric treatment. He said he was depressed and sometimes suicidal and he needed treatment, but he couldn't afford it. Right. 
So it's not going great. <clears throat> so now we're in 1949. Does this maybe foreshadow his lashing out at uh, psychiatry in the future? I wonder. I wonder. I don't know. Was that him or was that... What's the young guy's name that took over? He's not young Miskevich. anymore. Huh? David Miskovich. Yeah. Was it Our David that led the... Uh, no. I. It's baked in. Just, I think just, it's baked in. Yeah. Scientology, so, I think. Okay. So we're yeah, because there's thetans in your brain. Yes. And absolutely. if you go into a psychiatrist and tell them that... They ain't going to help. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, sir. I didn't know you had thetans all over your mind. <laughs> So it's 1949. Shakedown, 1949. <laughs> cool kids. Never had the time. Um, he started telling his friends at this time he's working on a book of psychology about the cause and cure of nervous tension. Okay. This book would become Dianetic. Oh, I fucked that up. I really pr- set it up well. This book would become Dianetics. <laughs> Back in the book. <laughs> Take a look. <laughs> I'm all alone. I'll cure your anxiety. <laughs> um, uh, I okay. So no, not anxiety. What does it cure? What do you say? Um, nervous tension. So oh, anxiety. I need a cure for that. Do you, that is anxiety. Yeah, I need a cure for that. So I'm gonna read it. Do you think the other sci-fi writers who were shit talking him were like, hear about Elrond's new book? It's called uh, di- Diarrhea. <laughs> Honestly, yes. <laughs> How's yeah. diarrhea coming along? It's not called diarrhea. <laughs> I wrote it while I was stealing a yacht. <laughs> it's a serious work. <laughs> I wrote it while I was marrying an, a second woman while I'm still married to my wife. <laughs> so, so, so Hubbard's working on this book, like, you know, and we mentioned before, this is very inspired by the one command. You right. Know? So Hubbard needs to do research for Dianetics. So he, it's kind of convoluted how this happened, but... He got some psychiatrists to let uh, them do research with, with to let him do research with some of their patients. Apparently, oh no! Hubbard's editor mm. said, "Quote: I'm not sure if that's a, a, a true or like something Hubbard said. Anyway, Hubbard's editor said, quote, Hubbard has worked on all types of cases: institutionalized schizophrenics, institution, <laughs> manics, perverts, and more. In all, nearly 1,000 cases." And, and Hubbard's editor said he has cured every patient he's worked with. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It sounds like his system works and it's uh, bulletproof. Yeah. I'm convinced. And I'll tell you something else. I am full of such a deep sadness and deep insecurity about even just small things about who I am mm-hmm. that I would love to follow someone <laughs> who has the capability to cure all of that out of me. Well... Might I suggest, my good man, that you go on down to Indigo and pick yourself up a copy of Dianetics? Diarrhea? Oh. <laughs> when you're sliding into second and you're... Anyway. Dianetics. Dianetics. <laughs> when you're sliding into third and your thetans are getting word. Dianetics. When you're sliding into third and you believe this guy's every word. <laughs> when you're driving in your Chevy and you're paralyzed by anxiety. Dianetics. <laughs> Yes! <laughs> we kind of chopped up the song in different parts, but that is it. Yeah. <laughs> Do you guys want to know the basic principle of Dianetics? Lay it on us, Mr. H. <laughs> Here's the basic principle of Dianetics. 
Mr. H. <laughs> From now on, we've got Mantis, we've got Mr. H, and Chris Locke. Hello. Hello, children. Do you have anxiety? Come with me on this yacht I <clears throat> found. Uh, here's the principle of Dianetics. The brain records every experience we have <clears throat> and every event we, we see. The brain records everything, okay. even when we're unconscious. And you know what it does? Mm. It adds a little beat to it. <laughs> <laughs> so Sorry. The, the brain has recorded all our experiences and all the events in our life, whether we're conscious of it or not. Bad or painful experiences are stored in what Hubbard refers to as engrams, E-N-G-R-A-M-S. These engrams, bad or painful experiences, could be triggered later in life, causing emotional and physical problems. But by carrying out a process called auditing, a person could re-experience these engrams, these past bad memory. This process, auditing, would clear those engrams, would clear those bad memories away, Mm -hmm. and it would put the subject in a state of clear, which is a which. If you're in a state of clear, that means you have a perfectly functioning mind with improved IQ and photographic memory. The the clear would be cured of physical ailments ranging from poor eyesight. To the common cold, which Hubbard asserted were purely psychosomatic. You know what I think would be great? If you could go to a Scientology place, get audited, tell a stranger that you just met all of your darkest fears and worst memories Mm. so that you can become clear, and then they record that Mm. so that they can blackmail you (laughs) anytime they want for the rest of your life. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It's a good idea. <laughs> it sounds now we talked about this on the trip over here, but for a guy in a religion that is like staunchly anti-psychiatry, psychology, yeah. This doesn't sound a million miles away from like therapy. Um it's except sa- for the recording part. And also yeah. that it will cure your physical ailments. Yes. But you're right. Yeah. Other than that, it's basically or like it's like a confessional booth in I yeah. feel like it's as old as time. Yeah. Talk about your bad feelings and bad memories and yeah. you feel better. Yeah. I mean, right? It's not exactly it's, fucking, you, it, you know. Yeah. It's like literally like a home remedy. Yeah. Like everybody knows this. He just tacked on the zany added part this that it cures t- all your illnesses and makes you talking have about a where his like memory. his grand revelations <clears throat> are those like regular people be like, yeah. Yeah. I know. And worth noting this isn't Religion, it's not, he's not making a religion at this point. He right. basically is making a self help book. And people yeah. are just allowing Pop him to. Psychology, mm. like, drugstore book. Yes. And an institution just allowing this untrained man to work with well, severely mentally ill people. Yeah. Well, it's funny you say that because the American Medical Association and the American Journal of Psychiatry rejected Dianetics papers. This is what I'm talking about. And then yeah. all of a sudden it's like. Let's fight these institutions. Now, this should have been like maybe a giveaway that Dianetics isn't the most reputable, uh, you know, book. <clears throat> because yeah, the American Medical Association said no, we're not posting, 
we're not publishing these papers. The American Journal of Psychiatry is like, no, we're not publishing these papers. Ah. So Hubbard turned to the other, uh, you know, uh, academic journal of his day, the pulp fiction magazine called Astounding Science Fiction. <laughs> so he he announced Dianetics in Astounding Get a Science favor from Fiction from my old friends. Yeah. Huh. <clears throat> um, in the in the magazine, in this sort of announcement, the ads or the whatever the report or the ad said, "quote The power of Dianetics is almost unbelievable. It proves the mind not only can not only can but does rule the body completely." Following the sharply defined basic laws set forth, physical ills such as ulcers, asthma, and arthritis can be cured, as can all other psychosomatic ills. Right. So it's not got that sort of stamp of, uh, of approval by recognized no. <laughs> bodies of uh, mental Doctor, I have engrams in my head. Mm, no, you don't. <laughs> Um, you might want to read this Aliens magazine. I do. <laughs> like if they publish, like, uh, I don't know, the human genome or, like, the vaccine in, like, Archie Comics or something, and people are like, hey, is, this, is this legit? <laughs> it's hard to tell. Jughead tells us that a hamburger a day keeps the arthritis away. <laughs> beep, beep. <laughs> beep, beep. <laughs> so, uh, in 1950... Dianetics, the modern science of mental health, was published. You ain't <laughs> Hubbard uh, abandoned freelance writing in order to promote Dianetics, writing several books about it in okay. the next decade. And you know what? Yeah. I'm going to focus on this bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> and delivering an estimated 4,000 lectures while founding Dianetics research organizations. So okay. now his life is all about Dianetics. Right. Uh, Dianetics was you found it. You found the perfect mix of black magic, science yeah. fiction, and nonsense. Yeah, hucksterism. Yeah, Dianetics was an immediate commercial success and sparked what a scientist named Martin Gardner called "quote a nationwide cult of incredible proportions." Um, Dianetics was poorly received by the press and scientific and excuse me and scientific and medical professions, obviously. Um, so, so this must be the root of his hatred of official like psychiatry and psychology that he never got over being yeah. snubbed for publication and, Maybe. and being you know accepted. Seems pretty plausible. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like all the scientific and medical professions were, you know, or publications were saying that his claims were not supported by empirical evidence. Isaac Asimov called it gibberish. Um, however. Some famous people did get involved with Dianetics. Uh, Sci-fi writer Aldous Huxley, uh, who wrote Brave New World, right? Yeah. He he got into it. Damn, that's one of my favorite books. Yep. Uh, A poet named Gene Toomer got into it. Hmm. Um, A sci-fi writer named Theodore Sturgeon uh, became an auditor. And just as a little aside, um, I mentioned this to you guys, but do you remember the Simpsons Halloween episode when uh, Bart's tooth comes out and he leaves it in a bowl and a miniature society forms on Bart's tooth and they have like a super accelerated rate of time. Yeah. That's based on a really famous cool short story uh, by Theodore Sturgeon called oh. Microcosmic God, which is really a really fun story. And yeah, he became like a Dianetics auditor. Weird. Yeah, no, okay. very weird. Um, so branches of Dianetics research of the Dianetics Research Foundation are getting established all around America. 
Um, Dianetics, doing Dianetics was not cheap, but many people were willing to pay top dollar to take an auditor's course. So now he's finally got some money. He's not yeah. struggling. He's, his one, one scam has finally paid off. <laughs> yes, and it's important to mention, like, Dianetics was structured very loosely. Like, you, you could, like, it was almost set up so different people could teach it, and it, it, he wasn't, like, as in control of it. Just right. a mistake on his end, I guess. Um, but he was absolutely like the organization was making tons of money and he was just skimming off tons of money from it. Like he's getting really rich from this. Like CrossFit. Yes. I've heard that's a scam. Is it? <laughs> like kind of a scam. I mean. Or not a scam, but like it's not really. It's, it's unsafe for something. I, I guess it might Whatever. be. I don't know. It looks funny. So, yeah. Hubbard's very active in this Dianetics boom. He's writing. He's doing lectures. He's training auditors. And a lot of people are saying, oh, my God, he has incredible charisma. And he's like the center of any gathering, you know. So he's kind of building up this cult kind of vibe. Um, sadly, Dianetics starts losing credibility, believe it or not. What? Hubbard did a presentation in 1950 in front of 6,000 people in L.A., where he introduced a clear person. And he claimed that this clear person now possessed perfect recall. Okay? However, in the demonstration he did with her, she failed to remember a single formula in physics, which she was majoring in at that point, or the color of Hubbard's tie when his back was turned. At this point, a large part of the audience got up and left. People started becoming disillusioned with Dianetics, you know. They, you know, suddenly there's these newspaper articles being written like, you know, I've never seen a clear person. I don't think this is real at all. The the Dianetics community starts splintering. Some even started combining it with occult stuff. Uh, The foundation was going into debt. People started resigning. Um, It's not in a good situation. I feel bad for... um for Lafayette. I know. Yeah. Elrond starts cheating on Sarah with his 20-year-old PR assistant. Um, and then Sarah starts dating some other dude. And Elrond told the FBI that Sarah and that other guy were communist infiltrators. <laughs> tried to get them like in jail. And the FBI was like, yeah, we don't take this seriously. Hmm. Um, but get this. This is a pretty evil thing. How many phone calls do you think the FBI got from boyfriends who were mad that oh like cheating God. girlfriends <laughs> oh, and I pull the that. whole communist yeah, they're thing communists. they're communists man they're fucking making out right in front of me <laughs> they don't even care <laughs> she's a communist she told me that she doesn't love me <laughs> um, but get this so Hubbard and his foundation staff seized Sarah and their one year old daughter and forcibly took them to San Bernardino where they tried to find a doctor to declare her insane. He eventually let Sarah go, but he took his daughter to Cuba. That very much sounds like the practice of Scientology. Yeah. They do that. They try to discredit people. Yep. Yeah, you're right. Call them pedophiles or like crazy. Yeah. yeah. In the divorce filing, um, Sarah accused Elrond of things like sleep deprivation, beatings, and strangulation. However... Elrond's got their daughter in Cuba. So for Sarah to get her daughter back, she had to agree to a settlement with Elrond in 1951 where she signed a statement that Elrond wrote 
declaring, quote, the things I have said about L. Ron Hubbard in courts and the public prints have been grossly exaggerated or entirely false. I have not at any time believed otherwise than that L. Ron Hubbard is a fine and brilliant man. Brilliant. And then she got her daughter back. You had to add that. (laughs) Yeah, brilliant. (laughs) Brilliant, magical man. Um, so it's all kind of in turmoil right now. Elrond right. Um, gets in a huge fight with an investor in the Dianetics Foundation. It's going pear-shaped. Elrond gets married to an 18-year-old and moves to Phoenix. What happened to the 20-year-old? I guess she turned 21. I don't know. Um, in Phoenix, so it's kind of a new beginning here in Phoenix. Oh. Elron establishes the Hubbard Association of Scientologists International to promote his new science of certainty, which is Scientology. Okay. And what year is this? Sorry. Mm, early, early mid-50s or something? Yeah, in the 50s. Okay. So just to explain the difference between Scientology and Dianetics, as uh, Hubbard would, would say, Dianetics is all about releasing the mind, the mind from the distorting influence of engrams, Whereas Scientology is the study and handling of the spirit in relation to itself, universes, and other life. Whatever that means. Makes sense to me. Yeah. So um, I'm all in. So now we're getting to Scientology. Now we're transitioning from Dianetics to Scientology. Nice. I'm feeling good. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Check in. You guys good? I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited too. It's pretty cool. Buckle up. Buckle up. So he's, he's... Changed gears slightly. He's in a new place, yeah. and his Dianetics was sort of in chaos. And he's well, basically, it's speculated that Elrond started Scientology because he thought he was going to lose control of Dianetics. Okay, it's in financial disarray. Some investor might be might might take control of it. He didn't make it centralized enough. It's kind of a disaster. So I think he's like, okay, I got to sort of do the same thing, but come up with a new name. Right. I think I'm, is the idea. I'm impressed by how he keeps growing and learning and adjusting his ultimate scam. I know. He's really seriously dedicated to it. Um, yeah. So, so Hubbard expanded upon the idea of Dianetics to construct a spiritually oriented doctrine. This was based on the concept that the true self of a person was a thetan, an immortal omniscient and potentially on omnipotent entity hubbard taught that thetans having created the material universe had forgotten their godlike powers and become trapped in physical bodies so how did he gain this knowledge from the thetan species from the universe i think i've read later that it's described that he was studying and thinking and having you know, enlightened moments. Could but I'm he not hear sure. the Thetan inside himself being like, Elrond, Elrond, listen to our story. <laughs> Elrond, listen to my band. I'm an ignorant man. I don't know much about this, but this this doesn't sound also a million miles away from what you'd maybe read in a pulp fiction, science fiction hundred uh, percent. Yeah. But I'm just a simple uh, Canadian. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just a simple guy that doesn't believe in anything. <laughs> Not even thetans. <laughs> so yeah, so so the true self of of all of us is an immortal entity that's forgotten their godlike powers and become trapped inside us, called a thetan. And you know what? That's exactly what it feels like to be me. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, Scientology. Scientology aimed to rehabilitate the Thetan in all of us and restore its original capacities and become an operating Thetan. Hubbard insisted that humanity was imperiled by forces of aberration, which were the result of engrams carried by immortal Thetans for billions of years. (laughs) So it seems like he's saying... Engrams were like bad memories. Yeah. And now he's saying, he's kind of adding a level where we have these godlike entities inside of us that have forgotten they're godlike. And these godlike entities carry bad memories. Um, so he's, he's not yeah. so much clarifying his thoughts as he's making them more convoluted and complicated to understand. It's kind of like when Neil Peart joined Rush. Yeah. Before that, it's kind of straightforward. And then you add this drummer who's writing the lyrics and it gets way more. Mm -hmm. And also, um, what what does like uh, having sex with like an 18 year old? How does that help? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I guess he has his reasons. Um, a, A guy wrote a paper in 2012 pointing out that. All of this stuff seems to have been lifted from descriptions of astral projection in occult literature. Okay. So he might have gotten some from, from the occult stuff as well. Interesting. So he probably owes Jack Parsons tons of dough. Yes. And uh, for his ideas, too. Agreed. Um, Hubbard introduced a device called an E-meter that he presented as having um, an almost mystical power to reveal an individual's innermost thoughts. Uh, Hubbard prom prom you wow promulgated 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 yeah I copied this part and I <laughs> I've never used that word before sorry um, he promulgated Scientology through a series of lectures bulletins and books uh, one was called A History of Man <laughs> which uh, describes itself as a cold blooded and factual account of your last sixty trillion years and also wow. a, a book named. Scientology 88008. And that was, yeah. Oh, sorry. Listeners probably already figured it out, but promulgate to promote or make widely known as an idea or cause. I don't think I've ever said it before just now. Um, No, no. Scientology 88008 uh, was described as, with this book, the ability to make one's body old or young at will, the ability to heal the ill without physical contact, the ability to cure the insane and the incapacitated is set forth for the physician, the layman, the mathematician, and the physicist. Wow. So Scientology, like I mentioned, it was organized very differently than Dianetics. Dianetics was decentralized, you know, and it could kind of be, um, right. you know, individuals could have their own kind of Dianetics centers. Um Scientology was very different. The Hubbard Association of Scientologists was the only official Scientology organization. Training and doctrines were standardized, and auditors were not permitted to deviate from Hubbard's approach. So he kind of took the McDonald's franchise approach this time. Exactly, Chris. That's exactly what I was about to say. Whoa. There were branches, which they called orgs, that exactly, they were like franchises of McDonald's. Um, Each franchise holder was required to pay 10% of income, to Hubbard's central organization. Well, as pe- as much as people have criticized Scientology over the years, everybody is always in agreement that their fries are the best. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Uh, franchises were expected to find new recruits, known as raw meat, but were restricted to providing only basic services. If you wanted costlier, higher le- le- level auditing, you'd have to go to Hubbard's central organization. And um, was this now, so it was centralized, uh, was he still in Arizona or had he moved to like Hollywood? You know what, there was so much info on that and it was, I, I kind of lost where he is at, right. at this point. He's I, moving I'm all over the damn place. Yeah, you know? I'm sorry to say. So Hubbard, Scientology is starting off really small. You know, he's got a few dozen followers who were dedicated Dianeticists. Okay. Uh, Hubbard has an 18-year-old son who becomes a staff member and professor. Um, <laughs> so finances are kind of tight. And Hubbard starts reversing the hostility to religion he voiced in Dianetics and started outlining plans to turn Scientology into a religion. Right. Um, earlier in 1948, I'm not sure if this is apocryphal because I've heard it referenced before, but Hubbard was famously quoted as saying, writing for a penny a word is ridiculous. If a man really wants to get rich, the best way to do that would be to start his own religion. So in 1953... Giving away the game. It sounds like how Trump said, if I was going to be president, I would do this because people are stupid. Yeah. And then like 10 years later, he did it. Yeah. Yeah. So 1953, Hubbard incorporates the Church of Scientology. Um, the Church of Scientology said that making it a religion, their justification, was making it a religion will remove Scientology from the target area of overt and covert attacks by the medical profession, who see their pills, scalpels, and appendix-studded incomes threatened. Yeah, none of that shit for me, man. Just <clears throat> some big, weird book. For me, man. That's all I need. Yeah. Um, Scientology franchises became churches of Scientology, and some auditors began dressing as clergymen with clerical collars. So one week it was like a scientific institution. The next week it was like, oh, we're a church now. Like literally. Yeah. And then, okay. And being a church is also a way to avoid taxes. taxes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Which Um, is like something a con artist would love. Oh, Yeah. 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 Um, I don't like taxes either, but come on. <laughs> I'm not going to start a religion over here. Ponzi should, should. Have, Ponzi should have started a religion. Yeah. And so should have Fonzi. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, here's also where the sort of ruthless tactics come into play. Um, if any Scientologists were arrested in the course of their activities, Hubbard advised that they should sue for massive damages for molesting a man of God going about his business. Oh. Hubbard told Scientologists that if anyone attacks the church, they must sue them. Quote, the law can be used very easily to harass, and enough harassment will generally be sufficient to cause his professional decease. If possible, of course, ruin him utterly. So (laughs) they're really like, let's use the law, let's sue everybody, let's harass people. Like, we're religion now. And they started doing that beyond the law but anybody who was critical of scientology yeah that had any kind of like outspoken voice even people who tried to leave scientology yeah. after being freaked out by it yeah they would discredit them harshly yeah the, the book and the documentary going clear have all this information about that it's really interesting. yeah i saw the Scary. doc i did too yeah. um but yeah so at this point scientology is growing very profitable start of the 1960s it's, it's the start of the 1960s now, and Hubbard is the leader of a worldwide movement with thousands of followers. <laughs> so he is, uh, let's just say it, he's the leader of a cult right now yep. that avoids paying taxes, uh, bilks uh, millions of dollars out of its members for yep. 
sci-fi fantasy ideals. Yep. And uh, if you try to discredit him, they use uh, threatening tactics against you and yep. try to... And they know your secrets because you've confessed them in your auditing. Like, yeah. Right. Maybe you so it sounds right. like this sort of like sci-fi uh, cartel, like ma- mafia cartel. Yeah. And this is back before nerds were cool. Oh, that's true. Yeah, this is basically what is a mafia cartel a thing, or did I just get two bad guys I don't mixed think up? Mafia are the yeah. I don't no, the drug cartel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, science mafia, but uh, no, this is what started making nerds cool. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the FBI is starting to be like, I don't know about all this. Mm-hmm. The IRS also is like, I don't know about this either, because Hubbard is just making so much money off this church. It's right. kind of made up. The FDA is upset with claims about e-meters and certain <laughs> pills that Scientology is selling. So there's a lot of people not into this. Right. Um, what are the pills? Do you know? Uh, I did read it, but I didn't write it down. It was like, you know. Like little yellow sugar pills, basically? Probably. Feeding um, food? <laughs> like fish food. <laughs> you have to drop fish food, sprinkle fish food into your mouth <laughs> to feed your thetan into your arsehole. Um, I picture Thetans looking like sea monkeys <laughs> in your brain. You know what? I think I did too. Like little uh, funny little aliens. Thanks. <laughs> um, so the the feds are on. They're they're closing yeah, in yeah, on him. Hubbard is described at this time as as having doubtful sanity, a, cur- a persecution complex, um, Mister Doubtfire, maybe paranoid schizophrenia, delusions of grandeur. No way. Um, Hubbard believed that Scientology was being infiltrated by saboteurs and spies. Probably, man. They just jealous. Yeah. They just jealous. They want what you got. <laughs> They're taking food out of his children's out of my mouths. darn mouth. Yeah. <laughs> Members of ch- the Church of Scientology were interrogated with the aid of e-meters and were asked questions like, "Have you ever practiced homosexuality? Have you ever had unkind thoughts about L. Ron Hubbard?" <laughs> For a time, Scientologists were even interrogated about crimes committed in past lives. Have you ever destroyed a culture? Or did you come to Earth for evil purposes? And even this one, Mike, which sounds like you came up with it. Have you ever zapped anyone? (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, No, uh, I plead the fifth. (laughs) Have I ever zapped anyone? Um... Not that I I wouldn't say call. full zapped. As your lawyer, mm-hmm. I would advise you not to answer this question. <laughs> you know who else does a, like a long time ago, did a perfect uh, summary of what the Scientologists believe in with the <laughs> Thetans and the back... The South so- Park? Yeah, the South yeah. Park ca- cartoon is really good. I remember and then that made, didn't that make uh, Isaac, Isaac Hayes yeah, yeah. leave the cartoon? Yeah, yeah. he quit. Um, I, when I first heard about what they actually believed, it was shocking because there was yeah that scientology center near where i was in toronto and yeah. you walked by it but and you were like this place looks cool yeah i was like rock on um <laughs> they were trying to do like audit tests outside like yeah, try to they, get they, you while you're walking like, Come by on in, have a free audit yeah. test like i remember that happening when i was like a teen still oh, yeah. Yeah. and they were like Sit down, boy. You said you did one, Mike, as a joke? I sat down as a joke, and then halfway through, I was like, I have to go, because I started getting... The well, joke... Do you remember? Yeah. Like, it, the five, the first, like, five questions, it was like, haha, and then I started to get freaked do out. Do you remember so the I questions? Left. Um, They were very general off the top of, like, what's... Uh, I f- just very general questions about your personality, like, okay. what's your... F- I don't know, even, like, favorite color, or, like, uh, did you ever have... 
you ever? Did you tell them the real color or a joke one? Yeah. No, I was real. I was in it. Shit. Purple. They have that <laughs> on you. I knew yeah. you were a purple guy. Yeah. <laughs> um. Right, so I could see getting freaked out, honestly. Yeah, and are they recording it there? No, no. They were just, yeah, it was on the street. There's no, as far as I could tell. One yeah. It feels like more trouble than the joke would be yeah. worth. Yeah, um, yeah. Scientologists were required to write knowledge reports on each other, reporting transgressions. Hmm. Um, people started accusing Scientology of brainwashing. It's starting starting to get a real bad name now. You know, uh, Scientology was banned in three Australian states. Um, Elrond tried to set up a Scientology base in Rhodesia, but they refused <laughs> okay. to renew his visa. Um, so, like, people Wait, are. Even yeah. the racist, illegal state of Rhodesia turned uh, Elrond Hubbard yes. down? There was a bunch <laughs> of down. countries that he couldn't go to. Yeah, France kept trying to sue them. Yeah. And, mm. yeah. Like, if he went oh. there, he'd get arrested for fraud, basically. Yep. yep. Well, it's Chris, and because you say, like, as you say, it's because of that that in 1966. Elrond bought three ships. Oh yeah, and he sailed the Merry Sea aboard, aboard something called the Sea Org. Right. And that happens in the Master too. He starts uh, living on a big. Uh, and so, is this ship. to avoid? I really recommend the Master. Yeah, is this to it. avoid the laws of America, or is this to avoid the laws of, or just to um, not have any laws whatsoever? Yeah, I think it's like, like what's that law called? Maritime law. Maritime yeah. law. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of, it seems. Um, also, he's got the sea in his blood. Let's not yes, forget. he loves you the know? open loves ocean. Yeah. You know, it's beautiful. Sure, he can't see it, but <laughs> he loves the feel of it. Uh, yeah, the sea. That's a callback to the first episode. Began an eight-year voyage going from port to port in the Mediterranean and the North Atlantic. Um, Sounds like you really enjoyed going from port to port. Is this? Uh, do you think this was L. Ron Hubbard's favorite song? Now, just hear me out here. Wow! I think it was. Okay. I think he had that. On a disc man just before he died. <laughs> no, wait, it was 86? Uh, uh, he Walkman. died in 86. Yeah, Walkman. He had it on a Walkman. He would turn that on full blast, though, on the stereo when he was making love to his 18-year-old girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. oh, What's your name? I don't care. <laughs> um, Take your clothes off. <laughs> so, um, oh, God. Here's the reasoning. What a junker. Hubbard's personal assistant uh, recalled, quote, Hubbard said we had to keep moving because there were so many people after him. If they caught up with him, they would cause him so much trouble that he would be unable to continue his work. They're jealous. Scientology would not get into the world, and there would be social and economic chaos, if not a nuclear holocaust. So he had to go on to the sea. It's weird, like, if you have sycophantic, um, yeah, followers that are just, like, believe that you're the lord of this new religion... It's kind of, you can see how it'd be easy to frame it like when you come up with the truth and the answers, look how they treat you. They trace you down. They want to arrest you. Like, just like they did to Christ. Yeah, exactly. You can yeah. just act uh, persecuted. Yeah. And then your followers yeah, are right. like, we'll Martyrdom. protect you. And just like Christ, you have to get three boats and go in the middle of the ocean. I love the idea of Christ on a little tugboat. They're after us. Get aboard the boat. Yeah, when when Christ boat. The Romans when Pontius Pilate came after Christ, why the hell did he, you know, he should have just gone on a boat. Well, there's that boat chase in the Bible. Remember that? It's like Miami Vice like They're gaining on us. 
Yeah, it's like warp speed. Yeah, got a two hundred horsepower uh, speed racer here. Ponty's pilots on our ass. Kick, kick it full throttle. You steer. I'll open fire. Jesus, where the fuck did he go? <laughs> Chewbacca's here, everybody. <laughs> Why the hell did Chewbacca here? Chewie, hit it. Warp speed. <laughs> it's just like Chewie, protect Christ <laughs> against all in, uh, it's all enemies. <laughs> I know, Chewie. I know. May yes. God bless you, Chewie. <laughs> I am the son of God, and you are God's dog. <laughs> um. So yeah, so Hubbard's on this boat. He he claimed that he's relinquished his management duties for Scientology, but it wasn't true. He was still very involved. He's getting millions of dollars sent to him on this boat somehow. Um, They're sailing around. You know, nobody really wants them to dock for very long. Everyone's like, no. (laughs) Um, Like where he he would land or the people he was with? No, no, the the countries where they wanted to dock. If you want to give him like... Harbor, um, safe and during this time, you know, uh, Elrond starts developing the Scientology doctrine even more. Oh, good. Um, <laughs> nice. Officially, Scientology said that Grind or die. that uh, <laughs> Elrond was able to confirm some of the events he encountered in his journeys down the track of time. That's so cool. he's just confirming these things. Okay. Um, Elrond. It was at this point, uh, and we're nearing the end, by the way. But okay. uh, it was at this point that uh, Elrond came up with the idea to make Scientology courses confidential and to call them OT levels. Um, so as you paid more and you took more OT levels, you learned more, right? So, so the, forbidden, the forbidden special knowledge of Scientology. Exactly. Right, okay. So the first two OT levels told you that an immense disaster had occurred on this planet and on the other 75 planets which form this confederacy... And that this happened 75 million years ago. An immense disaster. Wow. At the third OT level, you would learn about Xenu. Xenu was the leader of the Galactic Confederacy who had shipped billions of people to Earth and then blown them up with hydrogen bombs. Following which, their traumatized spirits were stuck together at, quote, implant stations. I can't even fucking take this. Um, then you always want. This is what I was saying to you guys earlier. <laughs> let's, let's hear the end I, of the I can't even take it. Okay, sorry, James. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no worries. So, and sorry, listener. No, I'm, no. I'm impulsive. Don't worry, Chris. <laughs> okay, so, so, right. There's Xenu. He's the leader of the Galactic Confederacy. He's shipped billions of people to Earth and blown them up with hydrogen bombs. Rude. They're That's tr- cool that he had hydrogen bombs 75 million years ago. Yeah. <laughs> so, they're. The tr- bomb that everybody was afraid of in the 70s. <laughs> So their traumatized spirits were stuck together and brainwashed with false memories and eventually became contained within human beings. So I think he's sort of giving backstory to the Thetans here. It kind right. of, it seems like. So, yeah. so now you're, there's traumatized spirits of people blown up 75 million <laughs> years ago by Xenu. And that's trapped inside you, Michael. Oh, get it, get it out! I'll pay anything <laughs> for it. Well, but, this is like mm. it is. Seems like something that an isolated man who's being treated like a god who's just floating on the ocean for eight years would come up with. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? And you know um, what? Doing this research, else to do. <laughs> the lore was that this research was incredibly 
hard on Hubbard physically. I'm doing they, my research. Hubbard said, <laughs> doing research on that to come up with all that info, he broke a knee, he broke an arm, and he broke his back. <laughs> That's how hard the research was. You know you're writing a tough paper at school when you break your back. <laughs> what is what is his research that he's doing? Well, just like a, an Iron Man, uh, <laughs> tough mutter. Yeah, he's doing the, I'm doing my research. <laughs> I think he's like sitting in front of the typewriter, thinking so hard, and then his bones just break. <laughs> ah, ah, oh! <laughs> So, um, but this is the thing I was talking about. It's like <laughs> yeah. I was telling you guys earlier when we weren't recording. It's like it's so discouraging for me every time there's like a a massive influential cult leader, and so many people follow them, uh, especially on the on the height, uh, you know, of this one. It's like, please let there be more of a hook that I don't understand. Right. But no, it's just as basic as you <laughs> fucking learn. And let's like Tom Cruise. Like, are, are you really like, I know that his allure is how much they kiss his ass and make him like a god. But is he still at the end of the day being like, thanks, Xenu, for Top Gun Part 2 or whatever? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> no. does anybody there really I, have thinking guys, about the sci-fi aspect of this? Have you guys seen Battlefield Earth? <laughs> no, no way. I oh, yeah, want to watch Travolta it. Too, yeah. But I think that's about Xenu. Does he portray Xenu or is Xenu like creature? I think he does. Both John Travolta yeah. and uh, I mean I'm sure this is this is way beyond common knowledge. I mean uh, Scientology got busted with all this stuff like 10 years mm-hmm. ago now, but John Travolta and Tom Cruise have always had rumors about them being gay. And yeah. clearly, mm-hmm. like, I think there's even more evidence with John Travolta. Mm. Yeah. But so did they initially get sucked into Scientology in like the early 80s when their career was rising in, Holly- uh, in Hollywood and Scientology was rising and they did the audit and then they, you know, they had screaming, adoring fans in love with them. And then, and then, Basically, blackmailed is like, we know that you're gay. Well, from the Going Clear documentary, they treat Tom Cruise differently than everyone else. Like, he's treated like totally. a god. I will yeah. say that I think, and just br- very briefly, Travolta... It's also because of how much he donated. And it's also how much validity he brings to the Well, religion. exactly. That's why they... Yeah. With Travolta specifically, briefly, uh, he was involved uh, in the 70s. And you can tell, because if you watch Grease, there's a scene where he convinces Olivia Newton-John to go to an auditing session to try and go clear. <laughs> and at the end, when yeah. they fly away in that car, that famous scene at the end of Greece, they're flying back to their home planet uh, because they're both clear. Yeah. And yeah, so. Yeah, Some right. That's when they days. took that car that's yeah. convertible into the sky. Yeah, that yeah. was actually going to the Galactic Federation to, yes. to confront Xenu, finally. Yeah, they go together yeah. like Xena, Xena. Greece is actually a prequel to Battlefield Earth. Sam... We can wrap this up, and we're almost done. Yeah, sorry. Okay, we're at fifty minutes right now. Perfect. We're there's like a half a page here. So, um, Scientologists were encouraged to join the Sea Org and told it was a, gl- a glamorous life. <laughs> Guess what? Not so. I'm afraid. If you find uh, scrubbing a toilet with a toothbrush glamorous, well, you're in heaven. Even worse than that, Michael. Uh, they didn't necessarily have a ton of good sailors with them, so there were always mechanical blunders, near disasters, an exhausted crew. <laughs> Mistakes <laughs> in the Sea Org were punished by confining people in the bilge tank without, fa- excuse me, without facilities. At, oh, why do I keep burping? Speaking of the bilge tank, yeah, I'm burping my fucking <laughs> ass off up here. Sorry, there's guys. A, there's a burping thing. my fucking ass off. 
There's a thetan trying to escape from your mouth. I burped out my ass. <laughs> Honey, that's a fart. Uh, there's thetans in the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Not again. Um, at other times, and I read this on Wikipedia. It seems like a wild claim, but I guess I'll go with it. At other times, airing crew members were thrown overboard with Hubbard looking on and occasionally filming. I, I didn't read that they died, so what? maybe they brought them back on, or maybe that's not true. I don't know. Here's what uh, one Sea Org member later said. Quote, We tried not to think too hard about his behavior. It was not rational much of the time, but even to consider such a thing was a dr- discreditable thought, and you couldn't allow yourself to have a discreditable thought. One of the questions in a security check was, have you ever had any unkind thoughts about LRH? And you could get into very serious trouble if you had. So you tried hard not to. Wow. I would totally say, no, I haven't. But then you're <laughs> fucking the e-meter, man. That'll know if you're lying. Uh, I haven't, I swear. <laughs> Hubbard was attended to by children of Sea Org members, which were mainly young girls dressed in hot pants and halter tops who were responsible for running errands for Hubbard, like lighting his cigarettes and dressing him, etc. I never knew this part about him, the young girls, and the fact that now we're saying that it goes even younger. Yeah. And they're like dressed... It's a classic cult pervert crap. Fuck this fucking guy, man. So we're at the downfall now. We're just about done here, Mike. Um... Hubbard came under a bunch of legal threats. He was almost extradited to France because they were suing the church. He started he started living in hiding in New York. <laughs> New York City. Yeah, cool yeah. time in the 70s, like your dream, Mike. Yes. You know, it was kind of a cool yeah. thing. He was CBGBs. Uh, apparently he was friends <laughs> he was with uh, Johnny Thunder. Yeah. <laughs> um, Hubbard was a chain smoker, and now he's in his 70s. Um his health starts going down the tubes. So he's in New York, sea smoking. Org. Yeah, yeah. Sea yeah. Org comes to an end. Um, Hubbard moved into a condominium in Dunedin, Florida, which is where the Blue Jays have spring training. <laughs> Holy shit, dude. That's the night. The downside is his son did commit suicide. Oh. So not as fun because as the Blue Jays. Because he read Jays, the no. book. Um, so we're winding down here. Uh, Elron gets into more trouble with the French court. He goes into hiding in a recreational vehicle and drives around the Pacific Northwest. About Schmidt. (laughs) But get this. While he's sort of in this hiding and sort of away from the spotlight, he writes his first sci-fi in nearly 30 years. He wrote Battlefield Earth in 1982. Is it in the Scientology lore? I don't know. Or is it its own standalone story? Well, I think Battlefield Earth is... Inspired by the events. Is it about like an innocent alien who's being accused of having sex with <laughs> underage aliens? <laughs> Is it about a guy with huge dreads? <laughs> yeah. Uh, he also wrote a short story collection called Mission Earth. Mm. And get this. Get this. I haven't heard this yet. Elron made a soundtrack to the book <laughs> Battlefield Earth called... Space Jazz. <laughs> I, I haven't looked this up yet, but I've got to. Right. Um, I just pictured him wearing khakis way up high o- over his uh, belly. Yeah, to hide his belly. But also to this, like, you, you call something Space Jazz? <laughs> you're a fucking nerd. <laughs> um, Maybe if you're not Sun Ra and the orchestra. <laughs> yeah. So in Hubbard's absence, there was a fight for power in the church. Many were purged. No. And David Miscavige took over the church and became the leader. He still is, I believe, to this day. And he's turned it into the corporation it is today. Yeah. Um, Hubbard died 
Honestly, in a nice place in California, still getting fucking tons of money. So he was out of hiding when he died. He was just living in it a mansion. It seems like hiding slash just being out of the spotlight, <laughs> avoiding trouble. But I guess he still lived well. He died in 1986 of a stroke. Oh. And it wasn't a stroke of good luck. <laughs> um, and that's it. Hubbard is... Uh, that's what the doctor said. Yeah. Like, time of death. This man's dead. He died of a stroke. And it wasn't a stroke of good luck. And then all the paramedics burst into laughter. <laughs> After he died, where did his thetan go? Uh, uh, maybe back to Dunedin, check well, out spring training. It, they, it okay. attended the funeral, too. You can see in the photos, little it alien. came in a little tuxedo. <laughs> we are sad thetans. I read on the Wikipedia, too, that Hubbard is said by Guinness World Records to be the most published author with 1,084 works. Oh, yeah. Oh, that doesn't I'm seem right so to me. I'm so sure. What about the Shopaholic series? Isn't there a lot of those? <laughs> All right. Well, James, that's Elron. There's more. God knows there's Congratulations. more. Congratulations. It was yeah. hard to. We just did two I'm episodes sure. on Elron. James, you know more about Elron Hubbard than any of my friends. You're obsessed with him. I know. Congratulations. And I'm sure I missed loads of stuff, but it's very interesting. Going Clear is a great documentary. Yeah. Check and, it out. And the the South Park uh, cartoon yes. do- is so good. Um, it tells well, about the lore, the sci-fi lore. I know. When it. I first heard about it, yeah, you can't believe it. And that caused Isaac Hayes to quit the show, right? I, I think so. actually they were going to make fun of Tom Cruise for Scientology or something. Um, yeah, I think they might have made the Scientology cartoon after that. But then weirdly enough, when Trump was elected, they made a statement about how they're not going to make any jokes about him. <laughs> what does that mean? So <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> so like, why is that off the table? Yeah. And you were giving Isaac Hayes such a hard time for... Yeah. Meh. They well, were like, uh, it's just a joke. Everything's open for joke business. Yeah, come on. Um, Anyways, we we're, wrap we're not up. on trial. We gotta wrap <laughs> up. Guys. So, so let's evilometer this bitch. Okay, come on, come here, come here, come here, evilometer. Ah, there we go. Oh, good boy, good boy. All right, evilometer. Um, Mike, you go first. Okay, my name is Mike. I'm going first. I'm gonna judge. Alan Hubbard. Um, now. So uh, doesn't doesn't even before Scientology, he seems like a bad guy. I yes. gotta say that because he didn't serve his nation proudly in the Navy. That's the one yes. thing that bugs me the most. <laughs> uh, and um, ripping off a magician, I don't like that. If any of you guys ever rip off a magician, you're no, uh, no, no longer my friends. <laughs> um, Seems like all the brainwashing, a lot of brainwashing, and a lot of ruined lives in yes. Scientology. Yes, um, him uh, having a predilection for very young girls on a boat where there are no laws isn't good. I'm going to say he's a bad guy. Uh, <laughs> give him a nine. Yeah, you know what? I'm really thinking about it. I'm going to go next. I'm saying nine point four <laughs> because he created a system to use people and fool them to get rich and he ruined all these lives so he goes way beyond a typical murderer or something in a, in a way you know so i'm giving him a 9.4 i think he's really bad i'm gonna give him a three because i <laughs> think everything he said is really interesting and i would like to follow his teachings to help me become clear well, okay. I, I don't want to, but I fully support you as my co-host. If that's the journey you want to go on, I support you too. Yeah. You know what? I'm just going to say it right here. I'm fully becoming a Scientology guy. Okay. <laughs> you know? We shouldn't have talked about it. 
<laughs> well, that'll be cool. Well, we should go to L.A. and we'll visit the big Scientology center Chris, there. Yeah. You could star. It'll be good for your career. Yeah. You oh, and Elizabeth yeah. Moss could star in the next uh, Mission Impossible movie. <laughs> Elizabeth <laughs> Moss is a Scientologist. She's yeah. a Scientologist. Beck was briefly. Uh, Kirstie Beck. Alley. Kirstie Alley. Yeah. What about Will Smith? I heard Will Smith. I, I could see is. it, man. He seems like one. Yeah. Am I wrong? He's got a vibe. Yeah. Uh, Brittle star. Yeah. I mean, the word star is in his name, and um, yeah, you kind of got to be brittle to be uh, malle- uh, that malleable, I guess. Yeah. 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 Well, that's Elrond, guy. guys. Yeah. What, a, what an epic journey we took, yeah. and uh, I thought that was fun. Thanks I liked it. It was really interesting to learn about. It was Thanks awesome. For- I learned so much fucking shit. Me Thanks too. for being our guide. and uh, My pleasure. If we ever go on a trip all together to Los Angeles, yeah, we, we should. should visit the big Scientology headquarters there, yeah. uh, the big blue building. It kind of looks like a mental hospital. And there are people looking out the window going, hi. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was the end of part two of L. Ron Hubbard. What an adventure. James did such a great job. Thanks. It was so fun. And that was another Excellent episode of This podcast has been brought to you by The Sonar Network 